This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today I have a very special, very special podcast guest, my dear friend, Kristen Williams, who is a physical therapist and also an instructor at my studio. She's a senior teacher there. She is a all-around badass. And without further ado, welcome, Kristen. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. And I can't believe it's been this long. And I, I've had my brother, and he's the only other physical therapist I've had on here. But we get so many questions about physical therapy and physical therapy ailments and movement in general and functionality. And um, let's just back up and tell everybody how we met. Um, you've been teaching now for five years? Five years, yeah. yeah. Class of 2014. Oh my- <laughs> so how did you find out about I me? can tell you yeah. exactly how. Yeah. Um, so I was practicing at, a, at another studio and I started doing free screens for them, physical therapy free screens. And Yanula ah. came, she was teaching there too. And so she came to one of my free screens. She was having, I came or what was bothering her. And she said, I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> you need to go check out Yoga Stream, Laura Hyman. She said she told me that she's from the West Coast and that you practice similar to what she was used to out there. And she says, I think you'll really like it from a physical therapy standpoint. And the whole reason I got into yoga was because I got so many patients, meaning clients from yoga. And they would come to me with 
You mean injured? Injured from, from oh. yoga. Yeah. Wow. And people would say, what do you know about yoga? And I'd be like, I've got, haven't got a clue. I've never done it. And so right before we moved here, suddenly I was going from working full-time to I initially didn't work. And I was like, yes, I'm going to check this yoga thing out. And the second I went into, you know, some other studios, I was like, oh, that's why I was getting so many patients. So she invited me to come over. Um, and I think she even gave me like a free class pass. Mm-hmm. And so I came over and I met you. And it was pretty instant that I was hooked with your method. It was hard. Like, don't get me wrong. I was sweating my butt off. But my appreciation was for the mod, I mean, all the modifications and the, you know, um, being moderate with everything and not going to end range. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started coming. And then um, just kind of got bitten by the bug. And I also ended up teaching the anatomy portion at this studio and um, for them. And I was, again, that right there kind of sealed the deal. I was trying to decide where to do my teacher training Mm -hmm. because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I was, you know, I loved yoga. I have a dance background. And then also just being a PT, it speaks to you. And um, yeah, that was it. I decided to take your uh, training and it you know, changed my life. So here I am five Hi. years later. <laughs> High five. High five. Well, let uh, that, holy moly, we could, ha- we could talk the entire time about yoga and injuries. I did not actually realize that's how you started mm-hmm. because I'm asked a lot and I know there's research articles and then there's even now in the yoga world, there's people who are moving a lot more towards functional mobility. And then a lot of people who were like, hey, don't be such a alarmist. Yoga, it does not actually hurt people. So without getting going down that rabbit hole, just can you give a few examples of some of the things that you saw? Absolutely. Hip. Hip was the big one. Mm. People um, going too far. You know, the biggest thing that I tell not only my patients, but our clients at the studio is everybody is built differently. So your pigeon looks a lot different than my pigeon. Your forward fold looks a lot different than my forward fold, or both of our forward folds actually yeah. the same yeah. now because yeah. we modified. But you know right. what I mean? Yeah, especially um, with the hips because there's with so the hips, much there, variety. There's there. so much variety with the shape of the femur, with the shape of the pelvis, and so there was this tendency for a teacher to learn how to teach a pose, and the cue was always get your shin parallel to the front of the mat and. Um, people pushing into pain and so then coming in to see me so hip was number one that I saw the most of mm. um, and then certainly cervical stuff um, and then wrist I don't because I'm a PT I don't see as much of the wrist in hand mm-hmm. I tend to sometimes particularly in the outpatient orthopedics realm go a bit more to the hand therapist but certainly have addressed that and shoulder mm. you know but I would say hip hip yeah. was the biggest thing I saw Mm-hmm. in my practice and yeah. still and still do probably. Yeah, it's amazing because you're right. And this is one reason I don't give cookie cutter cues. I yeah. never have. It's always been hard for people because in teacher training, they're like, can you write down the top 10 cues that you would say? And I'm like, it's really hard to do that. And, and as physical therapists, we know that we're, we're looking at a body, individual body to body. We're not, yeah. so to kind of come up with this five, here are the five best cues for down dog and five best. It's really, it's yeah, it's really problematic because then you, then you know, those five cues and that's what you've seen. Yep. And then people do those adjustments. I remember you were telling me when, I think one of the reasons that you also really liked 
um, one of the one of the first things you had told me about is when I adjusted your down dog. It was like, oh, this feels good. So many people just push on your sacrum, and if you're rounded in your pelvis, it's just going to jam you yep. as opposed to lengthen. Yeah. So it's like again, if you're whether it's a a physical tactile adjustment or a verbal cue, it it doesn't land for everybody, and in fact, it could possibly be not great. Yeah, and I'm actually as a teacher, I'm very gentle with my manual cues mm-hmm. because. We do this in PT, you especially with a, as a neurodevelopmental PT. Yeah. You know, it's it's the tactile. It's facilitation. It's, the, it's, the facilitation. it's really facilitation. So it's, it's a hint of yeah. if I see it on someone, let's like say feedback, sh- feedback, yeah. like yeah. just a little tap. It's yeah. oh, mm-hmm. we want that to move. Yeah. Versus oh yeah, and then you know I'm sure we've all been adjusted in let's say an up dog being pulled deeper into an up dog, cranking on the back, pigeon being pressed down into it. Oh, like all these yeah. things that. Uh, I don't know. So going back to how I got into it, your verbiage, your verbiage, your your mm-hmm. vocabulary spoke to me. And it was a really, then I started getting back into PT. Mm-hmm. So I think by the, probably, yeah, when I started taking, I was practicing part-time with you. Yeah. I, mean, I was practicing part-time in a clinic back in an uh, outpatient setting. And so then I started transitioning it into my practice. And um, Yeah. So how do you, because I do have a lot of PTs who ask me, like, how do you blend these two? Because you do it Similarly, but also differently than I do. Yeah, so a lot of my patients I will give, sometimes it'll be, say, like a, a pure warrior two reverse or something like that, but usually it's more of our function, the stuff we do in class, which mm-hmm. is functional movement. Right. So airplane, knee to chest, mm-hmm. or airplane to standing twist, um, high crescent lunge to airplane. So it's that functional movement training, hip openers and half moon stance. Um, you know, learning how to move the body in space uh, is so um, so good for the body, but also comparing left to right. Mm-hmm. You know, people really, that's the best part about yoga is we do both sides. And so that's a big eye opener. And as a physical therapist, you know, we don't chase pain, we chase dysfunction or we, we address dysfunction or impairment. So yoga really um, brings a lot of that to, to light. That maybe I didn't even see. Yeah. So people will come to me and say, hey, you know, this poses bother me. I might help them with certain poses. But um, a lot of my people, I will um, start them with little sequences like that, down dog to plank. Mm-hmm. Our way of doing it, which yeah. is using the shoulder blades, the lats, mm-hmm. you know, using the core to lift versus pushing back, pushing forward it. and yeah. back. Yeah. And sagging into it. Yeah. Yeah. Addressing it there. And then eventually, you know, bringing them into the beginner classes or the stretch class and then progressing in them. And honestly, a lot of my private clients come from being patients before. They like to do their PT, their yoga with me mm-hmm. one-on-one because I know what's wrong with them and mm-hmm. those little, like you said, everybody's individual. And there's a trust, I think, being physical therapist. I, I, I always say that this is like, <laughs> this is getting a, a the, my, my PT degree has paid in in spades for, in my yoga world because it gives us such a sense of credibility because we really understand the body um, in, a, in a different way than a, a kind of a regular yoga teacher would. Mm-hmm. And that being said, um, how how do you think, like when you go and take a yoga class, um, where where in the yoga world do you think we need the biggest kind of adjustment? Sequencing. Mm. Sequencing, sequencing, sequencing. When I'm in a class and it doesn't make sense to my body, we're talking outside of our studio, yes, of course. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, and, you know and, and I'm it. 
the transitions between poses need to make physiological sense. And I know that you do this and I do this. We put a lot of thought into our classes. There's they are, no randomness. No, they're choreographed. Mm-hmm. They are choreographed. They are typed up. Do I deviate? And absolutely, based on what I see in the in the class, what people are feeding off of or not, right. you know, feeding into. But it's 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 a choreographed, thoughtful yes. process. Mm-hmm. And I can tell when someone hasn't done that because it's very cut and paste, go to here, go to here, go to here. And it's like my, my, my body doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Gosh. And when people say, oh, sometimes I show up to class and I don't have a plan. I'd like to just feel organic. I don't get it. I don't get that either. And I think like, if anything that you are in charge of, absolutely, you would always be, you would always be prepped for it. Always. You, of course you can put like, you can sense the mood, you absolutely. can sense the, pa- the patients, the clients, okay. whatever. Yeah. But you, to show up and just be like, let's see what we're going to do. Like, anytime, Raise your hand. What do you want to work on? Yeah. Anytime a teacher says that, I'm like, oh, geez. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that really feels discombobulated and not thoughtful. Yeah. I don't think that's their, I mean, I think that they really are trying to kind of uh, go with like this energy, which you will do anyway. The thing yes. is, if you're prepped, you will have actually more, you'll be a better portal yeah. for that energy because you have every, you're so prepared yes. and organized. And it's just like, you want to get organized in the body to have And you've done it. Yeah. Yes. You've, you've done, done it. it. And you know that it actually feels good. I, I totally agree. So, okay. Gotcha. To me, that's the biggest thing. And that as a you know, a former, mm-hmm. well, still right. a student of yeah. you, but yeah. uh, going through your teacher training, you gave us that the template. Yeah, the template. Yeah, the template. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And then freedom. Mm-hmm. Some people will say like, how do you, well, I just, you know, I, I, they're all my flows. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy to share them with anybody that wants to, you know, because I used to come in with a pad and paper, you know, with you right. first start, like, oh, God, I love that. Write it down and then adjust, you know, make it my own. But absolutely, the sequencing is... The key, I it think, is for it's, your practice. It's the king, queen. It's the, it's really so so important. So everyone that's thinking about doing a teacher training, if you if you can't make it to mine, look for that. Look for does the person that's leading it or people that are leading it do they know functional anatomy and movement? Yeah. Because if you do know functional anatomy and movement, you don't have to be a PT, but you will understand how important that sequencing is. How to prepare the body. How to lead yes. one thing into the other that feels good and not clunky. Yeah. What you're not ready for at the beginning that you are ready for at the end. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That to me is the number one thing. Good. Okay. And so tell, t- talk about a little bit about the therapeutic series that you have on the Lit Daily. You have a wonderful series there. The Lit Daily, you can find it at movementbylara.com. That's the online yoga platform. And we have a, a robust amount of material there, library of classes, including Kristen's therapeutic series. And people have loved that. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I started off with uh, the stretch class. Mm-hmm. That was something that um, I started at the studio four, four years ago. Wow. Which is crazy. People love this um, class. And love that it. that was based on a need that I saw in the clinic mm-hmm. as a where I work outpatient orthopedics. And then also with my private clients, 
With my private clients, I do it a little bit different than the studio, and I finish every private session and every private, I have one class I teach a week on Sundays, but we finish it with 15 minutes of stretching with a strap mm. because we don't do it enough. Right. And I, fi- and I stretch all my patients in the clinic, and they say, my God, if I could just bring you home with me, take you on vacation with me, if you could just stretch me every day, I'd be so much better off. And it was like a light bulb went off. Because yoga, people do have a misconception of yoga, particularly our type of yoga, right. your type of yoga, I want to say, it is your yeah. type of yoga. But um, yes, there's flexibility involved, but it's not stretching. Right. No. It is, we lift up out of poses. Yes. We get the- We're mobilizing. Dy- we're mobilizing. Mm-hmm. We get the dynamic stretch, but there is a place for static stretching. For those, and and the problem is in the yoga world, there's the, there's the camp that are like hypermobile. Hypermobile, yep. So they don't need the stretching in the no. same way at all. At all. What she's talking about is the majority of the people, like my husband, who mm-hmm. just ordered some 10-minute- like male gymnast stretching thing. <laughs> I loved it. He's like, what do you think, honey? I'm like, go for it. Yeah. If you do it, like that's yes. the whole thing. Like you got to do it. But that's really what you're answering is the majority of people who are walking around and they're bound in like this little cashew shape yep. and folded over. Yep. And yeah, we're mobilizing the joints in our movement pattern, but they're going to need more than that. They're going to need to pull on that connective tissue and stretch it. And it's prolonged low load stretching. Mm -hmm. We've known that for years. And so my favorite thing about those two classes, so basically what those two classes are, they're the first two ones I did, uh, was I split that class in half. Mm -hmm. Basically upper body, lower body ish. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite part as a physical therapist is, and even as a yoga teacher, is educating people. Yes. And so if you take that class, I will educate you about your body, about your joints. It is an excellent chance to do a weekly assessment Left to right, I educate the client about what quote unquote normal is. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get a little ballpark assessment of where you are in your body because this is what we find. People will come to me nine times out of 10. It is, I don't know how I did this or it came on gradually. Yeah. It's not always an injury. It's often not an injury, particularly the clientele I see. I would see, I would say, because I I teach in the morning, I see mostly like, let's say, 25 to 75 year olds. Mm-hmm. So not your young right. kid Athletic, who's getting right. it. Yeah. You know, and I see some of those, but most people are coming before work. So what this does is it it might bring to light a dysfunction that they have that they didn't realize. Wow, my left side is a lot t- tighter than my right. My left shoulder doesn't go as far. And if there's you've had an injury, there's a reason for that. But it's and so what I'll say to people is, hey, if you notice something, just put a little extra time in. So it's a very repetitive class. I still haven't changed it very much from when I started it at the beginning because I want people to learn these stretches mm-hmm. and to know them. And it's been really, really fun to watch people who have come religiously for the last four years and see their body change. Yeah, and what I and love see their pain the decrease. Pe- yeah, and seeing the people who would not ordinarily come into a yoga class. No, it's very because they're so. Yeah, I mean, whether they're just, I mean, for lack of a better word, tight. And I know everybody, you know, PTs and all that. It's like, well, what is tight, quote unquote? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an adjective. We understand what that yeah, means. Yeah. Of course, there's mechanical restriction. There's physiological, all that. There's nervous system. But what at the end of the day, these people are tight. They are, yeah. they are not moving well. Yep. Um, what have you noticed? Because you've been at PT for over a decade, right? 20 years. When, oh, you're like me. <laughs> I'm like you. Jeez. Yeah. So what What have you noticed that has been the most change like in the last 10 years? I want to say with the rise of technology and more sedentary lifestyle oh. and blah, blah, blah. But 
Oh, yeah. What are uh, some of the big ones that you notice? The big ones are, um, well, obviously, we all talk about sitting, what that's doing to us, mm-hmm. the neck. That was interesting with the, the advent of the phone. It's changing. It used to be tight and back, long in front. Now we're long and back, tight and, not tight in yeah. front, but yeah. Uh, yeah. from all the looking down at our phones. So the biggest thing I see is definitely a lack of muscular endurance. Mm. Because people are uh, staying so static, they're trying to change that. With it's kind of funny. It's oh, the standing desk is going to change the world. Prolonged standing is no better than prolonged sitting. Is no better than prolonged walking, prolonged running, prolonged anything. You know, we need to change positions. Yeah. So I would say, uh, but with the advent of people sitting a lot, so much more, um, it's tightness in the front, weakness in the back. Very disconnected to their body. They don't know how to move. A lot of change from kids going and playing multiple sports to playing one sport only. Mm. So we see kids getting injured younger more seriously because their body doesn't know how to move outside of a certain pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, adults, the same way, you know, weekend warrior, that's always been the thing. Yeah, weekend warrior for anybody that doesn't know, that's like where you sit all week and then you go out and, and play basketball you know, play and basketball or football like you tear did. your Achilles yeah. tendon right yeah right. so your body's so unprepared for whatever weekend activity you're doing yeah. and that's honestly been my, my favorite thing about about yoga is that it makes people move in 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 full in a variety of ways by, yeah. yeah so you've got frontal coronal mm-hmm. transverse plane like all different planes of motion yeah you don't normally get so what are in, in that vein of like 20 years changed and changed how the bodies are presenting what are like three to five things like movement? If somebody said, what are three to five movements I should do? And this could be like for everybody, yeah. you know? I definitely have my favorites and it's kind of funny um, that I give almost all of my patients, regardless of the issue, because mm-hmm. I find the dysfunction there. So they come to me for pain in the knee. I'm having them address their thoracic spine. They come to me with pain in the shoulder, thoracic spine, back, thoracic spine. So number one, thoracic extension. So... um, using a Swiss ball, arching back over it, using a yoga block, mm-hmm. arching back over it, chest openers on a yoga block. Mm-hmm. I give almost every single patient some form of, form of thoracic extension. And I do think that speaks directly to what you're talking about with what have we seen over the last 10 years. People are sitting at a desk too much. Yeah, People are driving right. their kids around too much. Yes, People are texting too much. Yeah, People it's are like rounded. rounded. It's rounded. So thoracic extension is um, the thoracic spine, which is where the ribs are, essentially that area, it's the largest part of the spine. And extension and rotation are the two ranges that we lose the most, and they really affect the rest of the body above and below because the yep. neck will try and compensate, the hips will blow, or the low back will try and shoulders. compensate shoulders. It if just, you don't have it there, you're going to find it somewhere else. Exactly, and it's um, and it yeah, it's interesting because the thoracic spine often is not an area where people complain of pain. No, nope. but it's the it's the reason for the pain somewhere else, the, yeah. the lack of mobility there. Yeah, okay. because it's so protected by the ribs, and mm-hmm. it's a very it's not a it's not a it's not a very mobile area mm-hmm. in general. But when you think about what what you need it for, you need to be able to uh, extend your thoracic spine. Extend meaning open up or lean back to lift your arm up. Mm-hmm. you need it to be able to take a deep breath. And yes. so I talk about this in the stretch class. Like, listen, this is not just about posture. This is about pulmonary function. This is about the elderly not being able to cough or inhale. And so that's mm. where pneumonia, all of these things become problematic because they lose a lot of that mobility. Yeah. And so that one is numero 
You know. I agree. The breathing is huge. It's so underestimated how much that um, lack of movement there is affecting how big your breath can be, how well you're clearing out your, you know, your lungs and um, oh, yeah. feeding the body through mm-hmm. oxygen. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's number one. Number two is definitely some sort of spinal rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give multiple different uh, supine, meaning on your back with their legs on a ball or just their feet flat with their knees bent side to side. Mm-hmm. That's great because, I mean, rotation is what feeds the spine. Uh, I like to think, I, I use a lot of um, analogy with my clients, my patients, because I'm a very visual person and that helps them. Mm-hmm. So I think of our spine as little sponges. And how do we, we wring out the sponge? We're going to get rid of the waste products. As it comes back to neutral or straight and forward, you're bringing in all of the blood flow, mm-hmm. oxygen, cerebral spinal fluid. So we're feeding the discs, we're feeding the spine. And again, we lose that with age. So some sort of either from from below, knees side to side, or from above, upper body, left and right, um, some sort of spinal rotation for everybody. Yeah, yeah that's great. And um, how about at the hips? Oh, yeah, definitely. So hips, what I find with most people is it's, that, it's lack of mobility. Mm-hmm. So people will come to me for back pain and I'll find a hip is immobile. So mm-hmm. some sort of rotation component mm-hmm. through the hip, you know, even standing balance. So stability through the hip. Yeah, People don't realize that you get this feedback from the floor all the way up your, your leg uh, into your hip that people are really not in tune with. You would be surprised the number of my patients that can't stand on one leg. Oh, I wouldn't. I, it doesn't surprise me. I always say that in yoga class. I'm like, what you're doing right now, and you might be struggling. I was like, ask anybody on the street, and they couldn't even do it. Like, they couldn't even lift because um, we're so, I mean, and then you've got the shoes interfering and all that. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, people think I'm crazy. I'll be like, you guys are so good. I'm like, I know. because it's like they're standing on one leg Yeah. for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so hips, it's definitely mo- mobilizing the hip. Mm-hmm. The PT does come in. I mean, the phys- the person, the physical therapist does come in. That's a hard joint to mobilize yourself. Yeah. So the hands-on work there um, is, yeah. is nice. And but- we should mention you are, you have, tell them about what your specialty is. It's orthopedic, but what did that involve? Because Yeah. So I'm what's called orthopedic certified specialist. I've gone I've taken some extra training to be board certified. A lot of my specialized stuff has been like continued education has been with the spine. So I do joint manipulations, joint mobilizations. I would say my area of specialty is the trunk. Mm-hmm. So neck, shoulders, spine, hips, because that's really the core. We laugh and say uh, the, the knees are dumb joints. Really, all they want to do is bend and straighten. When there's an issue there, Look above or below, because those are the joints that are having problems. And so I just really enjoy this area. Yeah. Um, And you can have such an effect for for, for people. Hands-on, yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, not all PTs are created equal. Mm -hmm. So that's frustrating, too. People say, oh, I've tried physical therapy. Well, what did they do with you? Right. You know, because you really do have to look at the body as, like you said, a machine. Mm -hmm. You know, we're basic. We're machines. We're looking to, you know, make things more effective, more functional more, um, not just effective, but, um, efficient. Efficient. Yes. Yes. And, and you're right. Not all PTs are the same. So the things people should look for are the things which you're offering, which is education. I mean, you should be educated. You should walk away from a session and understand why you did what you did or what the, what, what it's leading toward. Yep. And 
And what's and, going on in your body? Yeah. And then a PT who has hands-on ability um, yeah. because and time to do it. Time to do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because that's the clinic yes. issue. Like, do they give you enough time to get your hands on people? Yes, exactly. Do so. you stay with the same therapist? Mm-hmm. A big thing I see is they bounce around, and they that's don't. just not good for. You know. No, anyone. I don't understand why they bounce around right. like that. <laughs> I know it's so funny. When I when I first started, um, I was in neuro rehab, nor- neuro and orthopedic, and we would have two to three people an hour. Yeah. You know, and that was like, and we had an assistant there if we yep. needed it for like grabbing this or that. And but and I know that same clinic now. I'm I'm sure they're seeing ten people an hour. It's just. It's really sad the way yeah. that's gone with insurance. And yeah. um, you need to go to a clinic where they really value you as a patient, but they value the physical therapist's ability to, to, to give them the time. And honestly, that's why a lot of PTs are going to cash pay. Yeah. Because yeah. patients are realizing the value of the hands-on, mm-hmm. of the education. Yeah. Of the because otherwise we're just over we're overqualified yeah. personal trainers. Yeah. I'm not, you know, personal trainers are qualified, but like we've gone a lot. To a lot of school for that. Yeah. So it's like, you need more than that. So, so um, people who can afford it are paying for that one-on-one time. Right. So um, what do you want to, before I go into the questions, what yeah. do you want to do now in going forward? Where do you see yourself taking this physical therapy and yoga? Like what would you be your ideal blending? Or you maybe you're already doing that. You, you see yeah. private clients, yoga, because people say, do you see yoga? I, I, I look at it like your person coming and I'm looking at how you move and and how I can help you. And I, it's like PT and yoga hat. I don't, I don't it's differentiate. Hat. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're the same way. Um, I do. I love teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the job. Yeah. That's yeah. the joy. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like, see myself ever mm-hmm. giving that up. Well, you're not going to. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I love it. Yeah. So, but I do, I love getting my hands on people. Mm-hmm. So a marriage of the two, mm-hmm. which I'm like you, I think I do, I do that. Yeah. So with my private clients, yeah. Um, I, I, I do both. So eventually, although I do like being in a clinic because I like feeding off of other therapists. Right. You know, I, I find myself listening to Jeff, who's right next to me, right. or listening to Craig, who's across the way. And I'm, you know, what are they telling their patients? What is their patient saying to them? And like, oh, that's a really good way to say it. So I, I still feed off of that. Yeah. But I, I hate the paperwork. I hate the red tape. I hate, you the know, limitations, the, the limitations. All that. So I think a marriage of the two, which I kind of am doing now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, we'll keep that up. Yeah. All right, I've got some questions for Kristen, the powerhouse here. Uh, Let's see, what is, the first question is, best exercise for S-curve spine? Actually, I got a couple scoliosis questions. So maybe in general, um, I know what I would say, but I'd love to hear what you would say. Um, So, and this is for for the the S-curve scoliosis. Yeah, Mm yeah. I've got a very mild scoliosis. There's a big, I think, debate as to whether you can change scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, a lot of people are coming to me with that question in their 50s, 60s, when they're now being affected by their scoliosis. When in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, they never felt it. So by that time, there's a lot of bony change. So um, can you change the structure I'm going to leave that open. Mm-hmm. Really, I don't even want to right, answer that. Right. But can you improve upon the function? Mm-hmm. So um, I think so. I think you can retrain muscle. You can retrain neuro, neuro pathways mm-hmm. to where you are working out of that structural, we'll call it a dysfunction. Really, it's more of a derangement. Mm-hmm. That's a technical right. differentiation terminology-wise. But 
Um, because there's been structural changes. Yeah. Because yes, yeah. you know, it's it's no longer just something that we can change through muscle activation. Uh, so a lot of thoracolumbar rotation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the opposite direction. Right. Uh, moving out of that S curve, core. Yeah, core helps. Core so helps. Much. Hanging helps. Lengthening, yeah. Lengthening. Tra- so hanging for passive and yeah. then active tractioning. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or is, which that's, that's the core. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the, yeah. Hanging does help. Uh, hanging has helped, With, especially if you have a pretty large. Yeah. Hanging uh, in a door frame. High degree. Door frames are great. Look at that. Three scoliosis questions. Okay. So here's one pain in feet and uh, the uh, perineal tendon during and after running. That's mm. a good one. That is a good one. The question is, what do I do yeah, about that? Well, any advice? Yeah, that's what she said. Any advice? I would f- probably with that look at shoe wear, shoes. Yeah. Uh, you would be surprised uh, how shoes can matter when it comes to runners. There are hundreds of different types of shoes out there. People ask me what's the best brand. I, I can't even answer that question. It's like asking beds. You get that yeah, all the time. Uh, what, yeah. what kind of bed I, or pillow? Pillows. Like, oh my gosh! You know, I had you, the magic answer for that. The unfortunate thing with shoes, beds, and pillows is they're all really expensive. Yes. So I would definitely look to see that they're supported there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have my general rule of thumb, and I learned this years ago, I, I ran. I was like you. I was a runner, ran track, had all sorts of injuries. That's what got me into PT. But it, if you have a really mobile foot, meaning you hear this term pronation, mm-hmm. hypermobile, it collapses a lot. You need to give that a little more support. So mm-hmm. a wider shoe tends to help because it gives the inner arch something to fall into. Right. It gives it some support. Not so rigid. Yeah. Not so rigid. Versus the high arch person, they need mobility. Yeah. So a more narrow, like Nike tends to be a little narrower. If I'm going to throw that name out there, mm-hmm. they, they, um, Asics sometimes tend to be a little bit narrower. Right. In the arch. So something that lets you promote mobility. Right. But usually with that, again, I start looking up the chain, looking at your your hips, your core, mm-hmm. looking at what's happening at your knee. So your iPhone or whatever phone you have is your friend. Video yourself. Hop on a treadmill. Have a friend video mm-hmm. you. Slow-mo. Look to see what's happening. It's eye-opening. Yes. How the legs will fall in. I mean, the knee just will fall in for so many people. They have no idea. Yeah. So why are your perineal tendons working? The the perineals act to evert or bring the heel out to the side. So what most likely when you're running, she's probably, he or she is probably eccentrically loading that way too much. Right. Eccentrically meaning trying to slow down the, the opposite motion. Right. So what's going on? Right. That that's happening. Is she really hyper supinating and then, you know, slowing or, or vice versa? Yeah. And she's got pain in her feet. So I suspect that something is ha- is trying to stabilize a lot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You pain know? in the feet so that, that those perineals are trying to work out. You know, yeah. Or so is the foot hypermobile? Is it hypomobile? Right. Not moving at all. Right. Because the foot has to have a lot. It should have a lot of mobility. So think about all those things and yeah, video yourself. And take a look at how you are landing, how you're pushing off, where your hips are, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Or go see a PT, honestly. Yeah, have yeah, a PT take a I look know. at you, get their yeah. hands on you, because they need to look up the chain too. Exactly. 
best way to help with tight hip muscles. We we reviewed that. Even as a yogi, I can't seem to keep them feeling good. That let me just make one point yeah. for that. Yeah, do that. Because I think that this is a common, very common misconception, particularly with yogis, because a lot of people who are in yoga flock to yoga initially because maybe they were a dancer or they they are mobile. Mm-hmm. They are actually they feel like they're tight, mm-hmm. but tightness manifests as weakness manifests as tightness. Yes. So they feel like they're tight, but they're actually weak. Yes. So for that- Especially in the hips. Especially in the hips. The hips, uh, Achilles tendon is very similar. So if people say, man, I cannot, I I wake up every morning, I'm tight. I stretch, I stretch, I stretch, I'm still tight. You're probably not tight. Mm -hmm. You're probably actually weak. Mm -hmm. And that is feeling to your body like tightness. So what I would tell her for her hips is start getting on one leg, doing some functional dynamic uh, movement. So let's say, we talked about this before, uh, airplane to high crescent lunge, yeah, uh, airplane to standing twist. I did this today in class, prayer twisted crescent up to a standing twist opposite way. Move that hip through mobility, so through its full weighted range of motion, where you're challenging the strength and endurance of that muscle yeah. and see what happens. If you really focus on that, give it a good six weeks of training. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're gonna be like, wow, I feel looser. You're actually stronger. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like our we misinterpret that. And we've talked about that with the upper trapezius. People yeah. will stretch oh, it, yeah. stretch it, stretch it. And sometimes it's actually not the answer. Same with piriformis. Yes. They think their piriformis is so tight when in fact it's actually weak. It's weak. So it's there's so, so yeah. us, same so, thing. Yes. Oh, oh I know. It's oh, so, it's so, it's like, like, no, it needs to be strong. Hip and flexors, supple. they can't yeah. even get their knee up past 90. It yeah. needs to be strong. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It, yeah. So it, I think that's such a good point. Don't misinterpret those signs. Um, the other thing is, I think in yoga, of course, not in our practice, but people will lean into the low the lunges any of the lunges crescent lunge low lunge and they're leaning into the the passive structures of the hips mm-hmm. feel like they're getting a good stretch and then it is then it doesn't feel good afterwards yeah because they're um, leaning into the ligaments because they've leaning yeah, yeah. so um be be aware of like not going into the end range but work on strength i think overall most everyone needs more strength <laughs> They do, especially because we're more sedentary. Yeah, we just need more strength. I Period. We we do need um, some of those some of those big fascial planes do need some big stretching, but most people need more strengthening and, like you said, endurance and that strength. Yeah. Do PTs welcome clients without referrals or when things aren't necessarily quote wrong? So I'm thinking like just like as a what is the word I'm looking for? Like not pre like prehab. Prehab. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, the biggest thing, depending on your state, your state's practice act. Mm-hmm. So for example, in New Jersey, you do not need a, a prescription to come see me at my clinic. That's their policy because I'm part of a hospital. So they are CYA, cover their butt. They mm-hmm. they require you to have a prescription to come see me at my clinic, even though you by law don't need one. So number one, check the practice act and every PT knows that. Do you need one? Number two, does your insurance need one if you're using insurance? Because some insurances do require it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or number three, go see someone privately and pay out of pocket. Uh, and if their practice act allows, they'll, they'll, they'll see you. And heck yeah, I want to see people. Usually they're not going to come see me if they're not having some sort of problem, but right. nip it in the bud, people. Yes. Like the second you feel it, the quicker you see me, 
the less you have to see me. I've actually thought of this. Remember a couple of years ago, I was saying, we need to develop like a prehab where people come and they get like, it's like you, you bring your automobile in, you get your dentist checkup. Yep. They should have just a checkup. <laughs> That's- and of course, you know, we both, uh, I being like really, you know, guilty of this is I always have a lot of ideas, but it's, you know, there's only so much time in the day, but that would be a really good one. Is That's what I that. think of stretch as. Yeah. Stretch class right. is a really good checkup. Right. Stretch is your so, checkup. Yes, checkup. How are you feeling? How are you, How doing? Are you How's doing? How's your body How doing? This, yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, but I, that's just so funny you should say that because that's why I tell my patients. I'm like, all right, you're discharged. You might need to come back and see me for a tune-up. Yeah, you need you know, a tune-up. Right? Your body is a machine. You mm-hmm. might need a tune-up. So don't stress over that. You yeah. know, But if you can nip it in the bud, if you feel it coming, use your home exercises. Because everybody's, we're all human. I give them their right. home exercises. They're gung-ho for a while. Then life gets in the way. They stop yeah. doing it. And then your body's going to want to creep back to that normal abnormal. Mm-hmm. You know, what they, yeah. the body feels like it's normal, but it really isn't. Right. And then that's how we get. We yeah. Get Retraining it. takes time and it takes patience and it takes effort. Yeah, effort. And so we get it. Um, all of us yeah, are not always great at the follow through, but if you can follow through, even in small amounts, I mm-hmm. find that it really huge. has a huge impact. Yeah. All right. So tips for winged scapula. <laughs> well, I, you know, there's a lot of people with that issue. So we covered that in our classes, but what are some other things that you would? That again, so the cookie cutter answer is serratus. Yeah. yeah. Um, your serratus anterior, which is a muscle on the side of the body. Um, it, it keeps your scapula from winging when you're in a weight bearing position. It controls the movement of the scapula on the, the, the ribs. That's the cookie cutter answer. But it's um, more than that. You need rhomboids, you need middle uh-huh. trap, low trap. You need, you need thoracic mobility, buffer, thoracic you need rotator. Oh, yeah. Yes, so exactly. That's a, a really tough um, tough one. Yeah, for example, and this is an example of like not using cookie cutters. Somebody sent me a video and they said, how does this look? I've been w- w- working on this. And it was plank lowering to chaturanga. And it looked really good if I didn't look at the thoracic spine, which was overly kyphotic. It was rounded. Mm-hmm. And so she started off in plank. So imagine looking at somebody, everything's in alignment, but you see this rounded kind yep. of hump. Yep. Well, that's too much. We want kyphosis there, but a neutral curve would, in plank, you wouldn't see that. You would see more like you want the scapula on the rib cage, but she's like actually probably using her chest yeah. and tightening in, and that's rounded her upper back. So it looked really good in a lot of ways, but that wasn't great. And I said, you really need the scapula to be more toward midline yeah. Um, because in that position, her scapula were. So she could do that move all the time, but she's not going to get all the parts that are strong. She might get some serratus in a, you know, in a concentric way, but it's not how you want to lower. And you need that thoracic. I'm sure some of it is the thoracic, her chest is Tight. Tight. And it feels like a lot more comfortable there than to have it open. She's naturally protracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Bonded. that's the thing is that people can be naturally protracted but not have strength there. Yeah. So yes, it needs there's there's many facets to it. So work on thoracic mobility, work on I would say isometric holding in in weight bearing, like in plank and stuff like plank, that. Side plank, modified, side plank, side plank. Of, that's why we do so much of that stuff. I almost said shit. So much <laughs> of that shit we do. And that's the reason you have to get um, all of those muscles to help stabilize the scapula on the rib cage, but everything has to be in alignment as you're doing it. Yep. Okay. Final question here. Whiplash. I also do get a lot of questions about whiplash, but 20 years later, wow, whiplash recovery. So the cervical spine has got to be an area that you have seen plenty of oh, whiplash. I treat it so much. 
how important is it to get that recovery sooner than later, like 20 years later? What, what do you think probably has well, happened? I think the interesting thing with the cervical spine is we start developing arthritis in our cervical spine in our late 20s, you know? So mm-hmm. um, if you've had whiplash, does that mean you're doomed 20 years from now? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, cervical spine... A lot of it. Can you actually define whiplash? I mean, people know what it is. You're in a car accident. That's usually when it happens. It can yeah. happen like, you know, you were skiing, at, but typically car accident. And what yeah. is literally happening at the. It's, at this yeah, so part? it's, it's yeah. hyperextension of the neck. Mm-hmm. So typically you will have a, a stretch injury to the muscles in the front. You'll, you can have a compressive injury to some of the joints in the back of the neck. That's, it's, I think it's more soft tissue injury yeah. than anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that was, this was funny when I was, um, filming with Greg and I kept saying soft tissue. He's like, I don't understand what you're saying because don't we want our tissues to be soft? And you and I talk about soft tissues all the time. I said, no, no, soft tissues are muscle, ligament, tendon. And he's like, but the rest of us don't know that. And I say it all the time. I say it all the time. I say connective tissue, soft tissue, but not all, like muscles, not really connective tissue. It is a specialized connective tissue with motor cells, I guess you could say, but really connective tissue is yeah, i've really had to try to tissue, revamp yeah. my like soft I, tissue I, yes i think soft I say tissue t- can be tight right yes <laughs> tissue can be tight wow way to go greg yeah totally it's totally caught right. me on that i know see these are the things we say and we just that's why i wanted to not assume everybody knew whiplash yeah so i think the point is that you can have um and i think that early on you get so much inflammation and yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's all this i mean it's your freaking neck yeah. there's a lot of fear around there yeah so i think that um not to um, not, you know, value that something else might have happened, but I think I'm sure there's a lot of fear, a lot of fear, and so, so you, you know, don't move as much, and that creates tightness, and, and so then by the time you see me 20 years later, we see limited range of motion, mm-hmm. usually in rotation and side bending, flexion and extension, yes, that too, but I think the the ones that we restore and see change is with um, ro- rotation and side bending. Your neck has a core, just like your low you know, your low back does. And these are your deep cervical flexors, the muscles in front, uh, the suboccipitals, the muscles at the base of the skull, you know, need to be lengthened usually or, you know, retrained. So the first thing I would say for you is just look at your cervical range of motion. Mm -hmm. Can you, you know, so cervical rotation, your chin should line up with the outer third of your collarbone. That would be considered full functional rotation. So can you do that? Turn, you know, that's like turning, turning your head. Your head does your chin your line up yeah. with the outer third of your collarbone? The reason we say that is people will say, "Oh, I can turn," but they're actually turning their thoracic spine. They're mm-hmm. they're rotating through their their shoulders. Right. Number two, can your ear go halfway down to your your um, shoulder, forty five degrees of side bending? Yeah. Without bringing the shoulder up to it, you know. So, look in a mirror. Take a look at yourself. How does that feel? Um, do you have that? If you don't, restore that. And then look at your posture. Do your ears line up over your shoulders? Can you can you draw that back? My husband calls it king tut. Right, like Yeah, people are skit. so weak there. That's some crazy. So weak. so weak. Lie on your back. Tuck your chin into your throat, and then lift your head and look at your belly button and try to hold that. Talk about endurance. Yeah, you're gonna feel it. Those are ten the, second hold. The abs of your neck. That's they the really abs are. of your neck. Mm-hmm. Ten second hold. So hard. So yeah. can you build your your neck? core for lack of a better term yeah 
And I think people are needing that more and more now. More and more now because we really are putting our neck at end range all the time. We're on a computer, so we're end range extension. We're on our phones, we're at end range flexion. Yes, this so, is going to be a big money maker. <laughs> the yes. cervical spine rehab in the next five it already ten, is. It already is. This it already is. is. I see so I, many, uh, see so many tension neck. headaches yeah. and treat through the neck. Yeah, um, so much, so much in the neck. So. I've seen like I, I can't stop looking at people all around. It's just, I mean, you're the same way. It's, it's like a it's like a hairdresser problem. and the hair. Yeah. You know, I just can't. I watch and I'm people just, move all the oh time. Oh my god! And watching the necks, I'm just like, oh, this is killing me. Their um, upper traps are totally overworking mm. because they're. Yeah. Posture. Yeah. yeah. Poor little head is just poor hanging little, off the face of the spine. I know. It's just <laughs> it's tr- holding on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> so get your head back, people. Look yeah, up and it's look all around. physics. Smile at people. And um, thank you so much. You're welcome. You can find more of Kristen on her Instagram. It's KB Williams. Is that right? Yep, 99. KB Williams 99. That'll be in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> when I came. Yeah. yeah. KB Williams 99. Yeah. And um, we'll have you back because yeah. I'm sure that people are going to love this episode and they love you. Check out her therapeutic series. It's amazing. You need a ball, maybe find a therapeutic ball. She has some funny lines in there as well. A strap <laughs> and a block, and um, it'll make your body feel so good. Yeah. And this is what we need to take care of ourselves in all the ways. So thank you so much. I You're love welcome. you. welcome. I love you too. And thank everybody uh, pulling for you as always. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.